0: Good morning, church. It's great to be here today. You know, I pray that we're having a great Sunday morning thus far. Uh, Today's scripture, sorry, today's um, sermon is taken from two main passages Matthew 2, verse 1 to 18, and Luke 2, verse 1 to 21. Uh, The title of my sermon today is All In at All Times. All In at All Times. So we'll pick up from Matthew 2, verse 1 to 18. And it reads, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. because they are no more. You know, just to give some background to this story with the Magi, or we better know them as the wise men, uh, they came from uh, far far places. So they came from what was known as India, Persia, and Arabia. Now these guys, uh, they studied something called Zoroastrianism. So they were of whole entirely different faith. And I, you know, I believe that this is a uh, testament to the power of God's scriptures. That these guys were of a totally different faith, studying something called Zoroastrianism. They came from India and Persia and Arabia, and uh, it is believed that they were either priests or kings. And they had a lot of money, they were rich. So this just shows me that God, God's word. Is so powerful that it would bring men from around the world to come and see this child be born in Bethlehem you know um, these guys began their travel east from east which is like a vast area in Mesopotamia and the journey was like 400 to 700 miles and that would have taken them about two to three weeks on a camel and about a month's journey by foot. So if we just take that into consideration, 400 to 700 miles and 2 to 3 weeks on a camel or a month by foot, and it is believed that if they followed the star by night that it would have taken them an even longer time. You know, driving distance from Port of Spain to San Fernando is roughly 35 miles. So let's let's compare that. 35 miles to 400 to 700 miles. So these guys had to either walk or travel on camels. You know, my question to us this morning, how far are we willing to go to offer a sacrifice of praise to God? You know, it's easy for us to wake up in the morning and say, well, you know, I'm tired. I'm not feeling to get up off my bed, so I'll just sit down here, and I'll pray later. It's easy for us to say, well, we're home. I don't have to go to church today. Nobody will know. Or we're supposed to say to stay six feet apart so I can't share my faith. People will scorn me. Or people don't like when they tell them about Jesus, so instead I will stay in my own little corner. You know, the world is becoming more and more anti-Jesus. I don't know if you have realized this, but the world has been moving so far away from Christ. You know, in the month of October, I really struggled to share my faith. I feel like lately God has been calling me to share my faith and to be bold and to come out of myself. And I really struggled because there was a lot of pride in me. A lot of pride, and, you know, I just didn't want to be seen as the Jesus boy, you know? I believe that that's the problem that a lot of us have. We have pride built in us. It is always easy to make excuses for our own shortcomings, and it is always easy to move away from what God wants and desires from us, what he expects of us. But Why? It's in our nature. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But you know, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we are not called to just accept failure. We are not called to just accept who we are and move on with life and say, Well, you know, this is not for me. So I will stay here. We are called to deny ourselves and pick up our crosses daily. Matthew 16, 24, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Now I just want us to notice the order that is in the scripture. Jesus says that we have to first take up our cross, then deny ourselves. You know, the magi could have said, you know what, this journey, too far. This too hard. We had to walk 400 to 700 miles. Or we had to travel on a slow camel for 400 to 700 miles. Instead, they realized that sacrifice was part and parcel of this journey. So even before Jesus is born, the idea of sacrifice is lived out in these men as they went after worshiping the King Jesus Christ you know they realized that they had to deny themselves and offer their sacrifice of praise to this king born in Bethlehem these just take into consideration again these guys were rich guys and they were either kings or priests and they came from these far areas India, Persia, Arabia so there had to be a level of self denial inside them. They had to do whatever it took. You know, in our own spiritual walks, are we sacrificing? Are we sacrificing the constant TV watching, movie watching, gameplay, endless hours we spend on the phone to spend time with Jesus? Are we getting on our knees and really crying out to him to make us more like Jesus? And you know, I believe one of the hardest things to sacrifice in this life is our own comfort. It's so easy to justify what we're doing by saying, you know, I deserve this, or I worked hard for this. And while we do deserve these things, we have to remember that when we sacrifice our own comfort for God, that he sees our heart. He sees you seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. You know Peter could have said, I spent three years with the Son, the actual Son of God, and denied him in one moment. What hope is there for me? Instead Peter who was filled with the Holy Spirit denied himself and spread the gospel of Christ shamelessly. He suffered for the sake of the gospel at the end of his life. And he was crucified upside down. You know, hearing about these radical things these men of God did. Always amazes me. Because it shows that they, are, they had a mindset of being all in. Offering a sacrifice to God. It shows their Loyalty their faith, their obedience. You know, the sacrifice of being all in does not always mean that everybody is going to see you or everything you do will be this great, outstanding achievement. We can offer the sacrifice of being all in with God in the quiet moments we have with Him. We can give Him our all in our worship and reverence. In Romans 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Offering our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. In 1 Peter 2, 5, it says. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are being built into a spiritual house. You know, when there's a desire to please God, a desire to praise God wholeheartedly, it is going to take sacrifice. The sacrifice of being all in. And that takes me to point two. God uses who we least expect to glorify his name. Uh, We read uh, Luke 2 verse 1 to 21. It reads, in those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. You know, just to give some history behind this story, this is only the second time in the entire Bible that a whole group of angels actually appeared to some people. Normally you would see one angel appearing, talking to people, but this is the second time where a group, an entire group, so I believe is about thousands upon thousands of angels appeared to these Shepherds. Now, in these days, the shepherds, or as they were called, sheep farmers, were generally seen as having low or little value by other people. So, isn't that strange that God would use these shepherds, who people don't really regard as anything special, to go and spread the news about Jesus? To me, that doesn't seem too right. Maybe he should have used a a high official or somebody with a little more rank to go and spread the news. But that's not how God thinks. As humans, we tend to believe that the more status or as we say, rank somebody has, the more God can use them. And while that may be true, God tends to use the least expected to do his will. In 1 Corinthians 1, verse verse 27, it says, But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Have you felt unworthy before? Like you feel God is calling you to do something, but you don't feel qualified enough. You don't feel... Uh, tall enough or good-looking enough. I felt that way. You know, I remember wanting to share my feelings so badly this year. I already shared that before. I'm feeling ashamed to do it because I felt, you know, I'm not qualified enough. I I Haven't done this really before. So what am I really supposed to say? You know? Who will respect me? They will say, what does young boy know? But God has been showing me lately that it doesn't matter what you look like, what you sound like, or what you think will happen if you approach people. Once you prepare yourself to be used by God and allow Him to do the work in your life, you will see miraculous things happen. Just prepare yourself. You know, in some ways, God used Herod to point the Magi to Jesus. So that shows me that no matter what, even what is intended for evil, what people intend for evil, God can use it to His glory and honor. Too often we rely on our own capabilities and strengths. When we should be relying on God, you know, that's easier said than done in proverbs 3 verse 5 to 6 it says trust in the lord with all your heart not just part and a fraction but all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight you know if we rely on ourselves too much or rely on others we're gonna be disappointed but when we fully trust in God and put all our trust in Him, we won't be disappointed because God is always working behind the scenes for His honor and glory. That brings me to point three. Spread the gospel of Christ wherever you go. You know, in today's day and age, I believe that A lot of people have become afraid, or rather try to please others so much that the gospel has just become something for church people, for them church people inside there. I believe that we have grown so afraid to step on other people's shoes that we just end up saying nothing. I don't want no confrontation with this one. He or she has a different faith from me, so let me not mention Jesus before they say I try to convey them. this is what is happening in our world a lot of people follow a lot of false things that are not biblical a lot of people believe that there are multiple ways to god or multiple ways to heaven how could there possibly be one way right but we know different we know and believe different that jesus christ is the way the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Him. I believe that there is a need for truth, real, solid truth in our world today. You know, we live in a world full of lies, whether we realize it or not. And what are we going to do to advance God's kingdom? What are we going to do to spread the gospel of Christ to those around us? our families, our friends, our co-workers? How are you going to spread the gospel of Christ wherever you go? In you know, order us not be fooled, everyday people are dying. Souls are on the line. God wants souls to be with him, but so does Satan. If we are going to just sit back as disciples of Christ and say nothing and do nothing, then why do we have that title? In Mark 16 verse 15 it says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. You know, I don't know if we have been keeping tabs with news lately, but a lot of people... uh, dying. A lot of people are being murdered and all of these things are happening and, and I'm not saying this to try and scare us but just to, to paint a picture in our minds to tell us that you know, souls are dying. Souls are going on to the next part of life and what are we doing to spread the gospel of Christ? What we say to someone could change their lives and I don't think I don't think we really realize that sometimes. Sometimes we just kind of do it out of, you know, just monotonously. Somebody tell them to share my faith. All right, I'll go and invite somebody to church. But are we really thinking about, well, okay, there are people who are living lives today that don't even consider Jesus, who don't even know about Jesus? At when these people die, we need to really ask ourselves these hard questions. Sometimes, what is going to happen to these people? We have an opportunity each and every day to share the gospel of Christ to our families, to our friends, to anyone we come with, uh, we, and anyone we encounter. What are we doing to spread the gospel of Christ? You know, I'm taken back. Taken back a few years ago. When a brother and I went to invite a guy to church and we were down south in Massey and the funny thing was that this guy had the same first name as my dad, Derek, and uh, he also had the same last name as my dad, his name was Derek Hines, and uh, we found that so funny. And so we invited this guy to church, um, I can't remember much of what happened if he said yes or whatever, but uh, a few days after we read in the newspapers that this guy was shot. And you know, that just brought reality in perspective. We don't know when we can go. We don't know when anyone around us can go. And it is important that as much as possible we point people towards Christ, we point people towards Christ. I believe that that is one of the greatest things. And we can do in this life. You know, let's take it back to verse 15 in Luke 2. Right? it reads, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph You know, we see these guys realize that what they saw and heard was too much to keep to themselves. They had to go out and tell everyone about this king born in Bethlehem, this savior born in Bethlehem. And what happened? All who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. You know, in our old lives, everyone is not always going to just accept the gospel or be amazed by it. And that's something that we all have to deal with. We have to understand that as much as we share the gospel, some people will reject it and some people will accept it. We have to do like these shepherds. We have to return, glorify God and praise God nevertheless, even if people reject us. Because at the end of the day, they are not rejecting us, but the gospel. We have to return Glorify God and praise God. At the end of the day, He is the one who is in control of everything. He's Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. So let us keep spreading the gospel of Christ wherever we go. You know that brings me to my last point, point four. True worship versus false worship. So we take it back from Matthew 2, from verse 7 to 12, and it reads, Then Herod called the Magi secretly, and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem, and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and milk. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. You know, just for us to draw a contrast here between Herod's worship and the Magi's worship, you must first understand what worship is. And for us to do that, we will look at a few scriptures. In John 4, verse 24, it says, God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. What does it say? In spirit and in truth. It means that there is no falsehood in true worship to God. True worship. There is no hidden intention behind it for our own selfish purposes, but rather it is something that happens in the spirit and in truth. In John 4, verse 23, the ESV version reads, But the hour is coming. And is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. You know, God is not looking for only the people who lift their hands and close their eyes when a nice song is playing in church. But he's looking for true men and women of God who honor him with their hearts true men and women of God who fear him and work out their salvation with fear and trembling. This is the last scripture here, Isaiah 29, verse 13 to 16. It reads, The Lord says, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules they have been taught. Therefore, once more, I will astound these people with wonder upon wonder. The wisdom of the wise will perish. The intelligence of the intelligent will vanish. You know, we think that as humans, we are wise, that we have it all together. We think that we have the power. God will overthrow all of that. God will overthrow all of those things that we hold in high regard, all the wisdom and things that we think that we have as humans. God doesn't want us to just say all the right spiritual things and think that's enough. You know, when man judges you by all the good things you do or all the good things you say, God looks at your heart and my heart Our heart. We see Herod and how we honored God with his lips. He said, Let me find this king. Go go and find this king and let me come and worship him. He honored him with his lips, but his heart was far from God. You know, we have to be so careful that we are not just honoring God with our lips. Where is our hearts? Where are our hearts, sorry? You know, uh, true worship versus false worship. We have to aim to worship in spirit and in truth. And in conclusion, to be all in for God, it will take sacrifice. It will take self-sacrifice. Denying ourselves daily and picking up our cross. God often uses who we least expect to glorify His name. So, do not be surprised that He chooses you to glorify His name. Do not be surprised if God uses what was intended for evil to the honor and glory of His name. Wherever we go, let us share the gospel of Christ shamelessly. God is powerful. And he is continuing to change lives daily. Lastly, let us strive to truly worship God in spirit and in truth. Giving him our all in true worship. Amen. So, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Almighty God, I thank you so much for this day. Thank you for granting each and every one of us life and strength. You know, sometimes we can underestimate this gift and say, well, I'll wake up tomorrow, but the truth is, we really don't know. So I pray, God, that we make every effort to spread the gospel of Christ to anyone we come into contact with, God, because we know that you want these souls to be with you, but so does Satan. I pray, God, that we have an attitude and a mindset to truly worship you, with our all, to give our all in true worship, to worship in spirit and in truth. I pray, God, that we make the necessary sacrifices to be all in. Let us not be mediocre, you know, in our relationship with you, but strive to really be all in. And I pray that we remember that, God, that you can use anyone to glorify your name. You can use us, God. So I pray, God, that we not look down upon ourselves and say, well, I can't do this and I can't do that, but we trust in your power and we put all our trust in you. Father, I thank you so much. I really pray that uh, this sermon today convicted many hearts and that you work and continue to work in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name I pray. (whistles) WHISTLE